It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Process the bottom line. Josh Silverberg and Lyle Gillen. Good evening and welcome to the only wrestling talk show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Off the Mat. I'm Alex Lowe's in beautiful sunny Florida. With me is my partner in crime, Mr. Lyle Gillen. How's it going, Lyle? It's going great. I'm having a great day and I bet you're having an even better day as Adnan Ferk was released from WWE. I know how happy you are about that. I'm not really released or they mutually agreed to part ways, but I know you're very much uh, enjoying that. Absolutely. And before we get started, I uh, I just want to mention Josh is out. He's not feeling well. He'll be back with us next week, next week, but I wish him a speedy recovery. And before we get started with tonight's show, I want to take a, a brief moment of silence for my friend Andrew Krebs, who passed away on Friday. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Andrew was an amazing kid. He was loved by everybody. Uh, I went to school with him, high school, and we... I sat in the same spot with him at lunch every day for four years. And uh, a lot of my friends knew him, Jack, my friend Shahan. It's, 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 it's really heartbreaking to go through something like this. It's not easy, but I know we'll all get through it together as, 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 a, as a group. Now, I'd like, now, here's how you can download the WWSRN app. And... Uh, First, here's how you can download it. It's very simple. You can download the WWSRN app from the App Store and on Google Play. It is absolutely free, and you get access to all the shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, including the Sports Loudmouths with Josh Silverberg, Errol Marks, and Speedy Petey, and also the Sports Hit List. You can also check out all sports blogs written by show hosts from all over WWSRN, and playback, play listen, and watch episodes you may have missed, including show, ar- show audio clips from discussions and interviews. You can also listen live or on the go from the WWSRN app. We are available on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, and Overcast. Also, you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter at WWS- WWSRN underscore radio and follow follow the worldwide sports radio network on facebook at facebook.com slash wwsrn underscore radio also follow us on our personal twitter pages at mine is at show slows josh's twitter is at josh silverberg and lyle's twitter is at lyle otm and please be sure to follow the off the mat twitter and facebook page at off the mat wwsrn and check out the Off The Mat website. The link to the site is in 
our Twitter bio, the off the map Twitter bio. When you click on the link, it'll take you to a page. You, you get access to show and pay-per-view all the upcoming show and pay-per-view titles for this month. There is also uh, a, a special announcement page that has all the confirmed guests for the off the mat one year anniversary show, which is on June 15th. But now let's bring in our special guest. That is Jeff Lipman of Hammerlock Hangover. How you doing, Jeff? How's your week going so far? Hey, how's it going, guys? I am so pleased to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. This is amazing. I'm enjoying your setup. And how do you remember all of that stuff? <laughs> that just takes practice. <laughs> wow. I would just record an outro and just be done with it. I, I forget <laughs> my own name sometimes. <laughs> but my first question for you is how, how are you doing personally and how, how have you been handling COVID? Um. I hate to joke about this at all, but I have been preparing for this particular apocalypse my entire life. I am in my 53rd year, so I am very comfortable being inside my four walls and watching TV. That said, I think the whole thing is horrendous. I, I think that our nation handled it horrendously and in a lot of ways continues to do so. I feel for the 600,000 souls who passed away, their families, their friends, the people who got sick and never fully recovered, the people who got sick and suffered through it and recovered, and around the world. And, and, and I'm not sure that we're done finding out the realities. However, you asked about me. I've had a great year. I was working from home before COVID. I'm working from home during COVID. I had no interruption in work. My particular type of job was not impacted. In fact, in some ways, even busier. Um, I love my real job that pays me money. I'm a very happy employee. Um, and uh, it's allowed me to follow some of my hobbies, which have become much more time consuming than my income generating job. So as you pointed out, I'm on the Hammerlock Hangover Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I have my own podcast, which is not wrestling at all. I don't even really know how to describe it, which is a horrible sales pitch after a year called Garden of Doom, but check it out. It's a variety show. Uh, I'm also in the unpopular review on the wrestling side of things where we review pretty much every wrestling show. Probably do a lot of the same stuff you guys do. Um, I'm sort of, you know, I don't feel great about plugging stuff. I'm on when I'm on your show, but you asked. Uh, I'm also sometimes a part of something called the Wednesday Night Skirmish on the Rational Rage Network, which is, you know, was about the NXT AEW Dynamite. Uh, they call it a skirmish, not a war. Uh, now it's on different nights, so I'm not sure what's happening with that, but I, I was part-time, but uh, hopefully I'll be joining that again at some point in the future. But uh, check out my stuff, but don't check out my stuff to sacrifice checking out any of their stuff. Check it all out. Find, find more hours in, in a day. You, you've read Marvel comics. You can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So my first question for you, Jeff, is what are your thoughts on MLW Major League Wrestling as a promotion and it, do you think MLW should have a partnership with WWE? Because they, uh, WWE officials and MLW officials, they have been going back and forth discussing having uh, some NXT, NXT talent carry over to MLW to, to uh, give the, give the mid-card talent and lower-card talent a, a, a chance to grow and a chance to shine on TV. Yeah. 
A, what I really expect you to do is tell me that I was let go like Adnan Verk and just taking off off the air right away. That that would have been well done. That would have been that would have been a, a good prank. Um, what do I think of MLW? I like MLW. I, I've had an off and on relationship with it, but I've been watching it every week for probably the past twenty weeks of new content, which isn't twenty consecutive weeks. I mean, they brought back Dario Cueto. I know that they're using a new name. I, it, it escapes me at the moment. Don't care. Same character. Love Dario Cueto. Love everything about Dario Cueto. Ring my bell. Take, give me a sacrifice. All about it. I miss Selena De La Renta, but hopefully they can find uh, Katrina and maybe even Melissa Santos and, and bring back part of the gang. But I'm all about that. I like Mil Muertes, though. I'm in a little few with Mil Muertes because... We have a little unfinished business. Uh, so if you're listening, Mill, you still owe me something. You know what it is. Um, love Hammerstone. Um, excited about the Von Erics and their prospects. Uh, oh, yeah. The Von Erics are an amazing tag team. I, I've enjoyed seeing their work, especially with uh, Phil, Team Filthy and Tom Lawler. It, it's been amazing to watch. It's just unbelievable chemistry that they have. Tom Lawler is really creative and he's really funny. I didn't quite dig the filthy island thing, but I knew what they were trying to do. And I admire the concept of just the execution wasn't all there, but I, I give an A for effort on, on that one. Um, I have a mixed relationship with MLW. I, I really like about half of it and I sort of don't like about half of it. But your real question was, what do I think about a relationship with WWE? Um, caveat. I haven't heard anything past the initial report, so I don't know that if, we, if it was just a rumor or if it's true. Do I think it's a good idea for all about? Definitely for WWE, definitely for their stars. I think for MLW short term, I have, I'd love to see it selfishly as a fan to see some, you know, major league talent sort of supplement major league wrestling, which let's be frank, isn't all major league talent at least not no. featured every week. And some of the major league talent is getting long in the tooth. So I would love to see some of those guys and, and women down there. I mean, imagine Thea Trinidad and now Zelina, Del, uh, Zelina Vega again, replacing Zelina De La Renta. Now she's not lower card talent, but who says that that has to be the way? Um, or, you know, you can have invasion angles, but done right. The only thing is that one of the bad things about being 53, almost 53, I'm 52 still, um, and having watched wrestling since the mid to late seventies is that usually when one promotion works with another promotion, it almost never works out for the smaller promotion. Let's look at impact right now. They haven't really reaped any benefit. I don't know if they, I don't know if it's cost them a penny, but they've, I mean, from the time Kenny Omega debuted, they, they got a, a, bumped to 220,000 viewers from the last time we got viewership numbers on impact three weeks post Kenny Omega being champion, 111,000 view viewers. So they lost half their audience and they're about 35,000 below their 2020 averages. So who did, who did it help? New Japan and ring of honor had a very good relationship for about five years there. Mm, yeah, um, absolutely. If they could mirror that it worked out, but it was sort of easy. Cause it was like, if you're on U.S. soil, Ring of Honor guys go over, unless it's one of your top stars and we both want to protect them. If it's in Japan, New Japan people go over, unless it's our most important story. And, and that was basically their working framework. I don't know if there's any two promotions that would do that now. 
these days. I, I, I there's just too much money at stake. I'm, yeah, I'm there's sure. just like too much talent thrown around and too much money at stake. It just depends on how you do it, how how you put it all together, and how it's how it's showing on TV. True that. I mean, does NWA have a relationship with AEW? Some people say yes. I say. The Thunder Rosa just put them over a barrel and said, NWA, you can't hold the contract anyway. Eddie Kingston already walked out on you. Yeah. Zicky Dice sat out. Ricky Starks basically sat out and re-signed. Royce Isaacs asked for his release and got it. You want to keep me on? You let me do this. And in exchange, you know, Serena Deeb gets to hold the title. And it's basically just a like-kind exchange limited to the the title and Thunder Rosa. We haven't seen strictly business come on there or even much talk about all this or anything like that. You'd think that Cody, if he didn't want to be in the title picture, that he would be making a play for Sweet Charlotte if there was a bigger relationship. So I don't know. I feel like I've, I've talked a lot on your show, but we can think about, I mean, where's Global Force Wrestling? Where's Smoky Mountains Wrestling? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where's Lucha yeah. Underground? Where are all these promotions now that, cooperate where's the awa well the world is wwn like that promotion the world is littered with wrestling promotions that no longer exist and a lot of them cooperating with other promotions and then protect Mm -hmm. themselves okay so i want to ask you there was a big giant story that happened this week with the jim ross comments and a big debate amongst wrestlers and even fans on what he said where he said that Orton is the best and he kind of put Omega down, who is someone he, he works for in his own company. What is your reaction when you saw all of this going on and, and what is your take on it? Well, I mean, one take is that Jim Ross sort of does this rather routinely. And I'm almost yeah. thinking that part of his job is to stir up controversy like this to get the AW faithful and or the WWE uh, anti-squad activated. Um, if he keeps doing this and it's naturally what he's saying, I don't know why they still have him on board because he's got to be a high price ticket and he isn't the same Jim Ross that we all remember. So I'm not, no, he could do, you know, special segments, special interviews, backstage, pre-tape stuff, but live, he, he buries the product all the time. Um, onto the substance of what he said, I like Omega. I recognize him to be a superior athlete and an extremely fluid wrestler. He's smaller than the wrestlers I like, but I also live in reality and know that that's a lot of what's going on. So if I just judge him as apple to apple, and if I like AJ Styles, why wouldn't I like Kenny Omega? I love the work he's doing with Callis. I mean, forget about you know the business aspect with Impact. Take put that on the side because it's mm-hmm. not that's not relevant to my answer. I think heel Omega, belt collector Omega, the work with Callus has been great. I think that that's all been great. You know, some of the other stuff I'm not so sure about. I'm not, I'm not big, big on the Goof Brothers, uh, and I'm not really sure about the listless young bucks, but, you know, we'll see. Um, meaning they're personalized, whether their faces, their heels, their commitment, X, Y, Z. Um, I don't think Randy Orton is the best. I don't think if, there, if Kenny Omega never graced this earth that Randy Orton still isn't the best. He's very good. I mean, he's probably in everybody's top 50 and should be. He might yeah. have been, you know, he's had a, he had a great 2020 and he's probably working the hardest he's worked in 10, 15 years. Um, Absolutely. By far. Yeah. He's done a great job. Yeah. 
but it sounds like it's the Ric Flair story before Orton betrayed him. Uh, I mean, is Jim Ross waiting for an RKO? So I don't know. I don't know why Jim Ross said that. I don't, I don't know what inspired him to say it. If he really believes it, he should have kept it to himself because he works for a different company, I guess is my opinion. My other opinion is Randy Orton's great. He's, he's an all-time great, but he's, he's not the best, and I'm not really sure he's in the conversation for the best of all time. So before Alex gets his question, sorry, Alex, um, I want to say one thing about the comment about uh, Impact Wrestling and that the uh, their uh, partnership. I think that Impact has actually benefited the most because the amount of money they have made from this, from their pay-per-views, is on the levels of when they were on Spike before Hogan came on that show. And what was that? Tell me how. What, what, give me give me some numbers. They're, they're, they're pay-per-view buys. I was reading it. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I was reading it um, after, after their pay-per-view numbers and they were comparing it. The numbers were similar to what they were doing before Hogan came on. See, I do. I, I know I know their numbers. And it, it's it's not correct. Their, their highest numbers were during TNA and the highest they did in the last seven years or so was around 55,000. That was, that was their best. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've never approached that post since Impact. Period. The most recent, the second to most recent pay per view, the one that, that they record got nine times the buy rates of their prior pay per view, got under ten thousand buys, which means that their prior buys were under eleven hundred. Factor into that that the carrier keeps fifty percent. Factor into that. The other people, the talent gets paid. There's taxes and things like that. Did they make a net profit on that? Probably. Did, but are they selling a whole lot more merch or is Kenny Omega selling a whole lot more merch? What happens if, a, if the Good Brothers sell shirts? Is that an impact impact or is that an AEW impact or is that a pro wrestling tease impact? What do the contracts say? I, I don't know. Who's paying for Kenny Omega to be on impact TV? I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Khan was footing the bill for the whole thing. And if he was, sure, Impact's making sure. more money. But are they getting the long-term viewers? Like, if their no, highest pay-per-view, if their highest pay-per-view buy was, I think they they charge like fifty bucks for, you know, was ten thousand. They, you know, that's not a bad number. But if their prior one was eleven hundred with AW, and their next one drops back to let's just say two thousand. I mean, there's not, I mean, is it a shot on the arm? Sure. But is, is that new business? Are AEW fans now impact fans? Are they now impact? Customers? No, no, no. I, I, I think the number is going up just because I want to see Kenny Omega. But I don't like, I, I bought a couple pay per views. I didn't watch it till it was over. And I only watched the Kenny Omega match. Listen, I, I accept that it's that it's interesting to Impact fans. Some of it's interesting to non-Impact fans. I mean, uh-huh. there's a lot more talk about them. I'm just saying it's not translating into eyes. And I have a feeling that every new eye that gets on there from outside Impact fans, they're probably two or three. It, it seems like two or three or at least half an Impact fan is leaving because they feel like Impact is not respecting Impact. Impact is, I mean, you know wrestling fans. They are promotion. I would agree with that, yeah. Thing. I agree. NWA yep. fans. Love NWA. They hate everything else. Ring of Honor fans love Ring of Honor. They love pure wrestling. 
It's just like WWE fans. They love WWE, but they hate everything else. Every every promotion has that. So if Impact fans feel like Impact is being diminished by Impact, and let's not forget this came off the somewhat controversial wrestler's court thing where first Larry D was sprayed with truth-telling perfume, confessed to a crime, then it turned out he didn't do it. No one explained why the truth-telling perfume thing was ever an angle. You know, they shot somebody. To me, that's nothing. I mean, I you know, you shot someone in wrestling. It's a, it's a soap opera, cool. But today's fans, that was very polarizing. So they have sort of like a history of things. That, let's face it, Impact is half the island of sort of broken down, older, misfit toys. A bunch of the signees from WWE totally are injured. Bad. Eric Young, Heath Slater. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know. Rhino. Rhino. Guys, yeah. 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 Matt Cardona's on a handshake contract. You know, they just signed W. Morrissey, Kaz, and the first interviewer says, oh, no, I don't have a long-term contract with them. I mean, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, Moose, you know, is, is teasing going to NXT. Sure, everyone teases. Then they report he signed a new contract, and, and then he says, no, I didn't. Now, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but would anyone be surprised if Moose left? I'd be surprised if he stayed. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of Impact fans probably – turned away and said they don't they don't care about the product i mean impact never invaded aew dynamite no no never did well if you look at what who impact has built in the last couple of years tessa they built brian cage they got they, they were brian cage is over for a bit he was doing well as as their LAX, champion. you can't forget about LAX. yeah lax them too the lucha brothers and they all decided to get up and leave they sure. they have they don't have that guy who is committed to staying there. You say yes, Sammy Callahan, and Cross. They haven't put the belt on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they haven't decided to put the belt on Sammy Callahan. Um, are, are they building Moose to beat Omega? Then going to get up and like and go go somewhere else because, like you said, he doesn't have an exact contract. It's it's they can't keep their talent, and oh. it's been like that for the last couple of years. Right. And if it gets leaked that Moose did sign a contract that's confirmed, you know he's getting the belt back for impact, so it takes the drama yeah. out of the match. But if they don't have him signed, they'd be a fool to give him the title, or they're, they're making a very big risk that only a small promotion can do. On the stars that you're talking about, I mean, I got to know Brian Cage from Lucha Underground, so mm-hmm. he was already made for me. The same with the, the Lucha brothers. I didn't even know where they were brothers. Now, did I watch them on TNA, then that Impact? Yes, I, wa- I watched Impact until they left for Access. So basically, I think it was ECW's Swan Song was, was sort of the last episode I watched before was a uh, year in review shows that I probably skipped. So right around, like Lashley left, and then a month later, EC3 left, and Cage first came in, and he, re- he basically retired Lashley. Um, so I don't know how over he got over Denton Impact, but I already knew who he was from Lucha and... Uh, you know, other places at that point. And he, and he had a very social profile on social media. He would actually talk to you. He doesn't nowadays with AEW, but he did before. Um, and that's okay. I understand when you work for the beer beer companies, they tell you don't engage, you know, with, with the fans, which is fine. That's cool. That's actually smart. But you, but you, but a lot of the wrestlers before they made it big, they still didn't. He did. Ethan Page mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. you know, a, you know, a, a bunch of them, Dan Housen, a, bu- a bunch of them were very friendly. Brandy Lauren was interactive. There were, there were people that you could just tell they, whether they were good people or they just wanted you to, to become their fans. Who cares? They were interactive. It was fun. 
Anyway, yeah, absolutely. LAX, I agree with you 100%. When if you mean Santana and Ortiz, I mean OG yeah. LAX, you know, you know, but Kingston's legend probably was made just as much by a short stint in NWA. I'm, I don't know. You know, Kingston's been around forever. But you're right. I'm not saying Impact's never, you know, built on a star. I'm not sure that they ever created any individually. They certainly assisted. I don't like Sammy Callahan. Look what happened with Tessa. Tessa got into a dispute with them. Then she got into a dispute with the world. She's Mm -hmm. the most talented unemployed wrestler in the world. Speaking of the NXT stuff, I want to get your thoughts on the released NXT talent. Did WWE make the right move with the six that were released? Or do you believe some should have had more of a better chance at uh, shining and having a, a good opportunity over there for the yellow brand? Because I actually know one of the wrestlers in, that you brought up, Brandy Lauren. Her name was uh, uh, Skyler Story over there. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I saw that she was one of the six released on, on the list of people that were wiped from NXT. Yeah. And it's kind of a shame because you, uh, she got signed mo- not not too long ago, and I feel like they they could have gave her a, an opportunity to shine and really progress in her career, and I think they missed the boat on that. Um, well, I'll try to go in order of the people. Firstly, Drake Wirtz absolutely overdue deserved it he he did everything except ask for his release and the fact that it's a surprise to him just shows you how clueless he is velveteen dream whichever side you are down with on whether he did something or didn't do something he was too toxic too polarizing and apparently not like stage. he wasn't right. liked by a lot of people yeah. even the so, people backstage the right call um the other referee i think his name was jake clemens i don't know I, I, I don't know anything about him. I don't know who he is, so I, I don't have any comment on that. Um, Alexander Wolf. Um, that one actually surprised me because he was on NXT two nights before, and it just caught me off guard. I'm like wondering, why would they release him after he, he, after he was just on TV? It doesn't make yeah. sense. I, I felt a little bit the same way. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kalia. Oh, I was saying to get him out of the storyline. So then, there's no people were like, just get get him out of it. He was out of it, out of Imperium. He he probably was told beforehand and agreed to it. And that's what I that's what my, my assumption was about why he was on on there and then released. Yeah, I don't know about any of that. I mean, I wasn't really a sanity fan per se, and but I found Imperium to be interesting, and I actually liked Wolf's interplay with Dane. Loved Imperium. Uh, so I sort of thought that it was going to turn into. Dane and uh, Wolf being together, you know, with Drake, you know, maybe, you know, you'd have Walter and, and uh, um, Eichner and, and uh, Bartel or Marcel um, on the other side of the equation, you know, having six man matches and maybe somebody would, would turn on the other, maybe they turn on Drake, I, I don't know, whatever it was. But at the same time, when I saw Alexander Wolf in the ring, right, honestly, I mean, if the guy spent the last year and a half or two years since he was moved to NXT UK exercising, he might've kept his job because he looked like Hank Hill in there. I mean, he actually, he, he looked like he had never lifted the weight. I mean, he looked like a, a regular guy and not an intimidating guy. So I, I mean, I, I don't really blame, I was surprised, but I don't blame them, especially after seeing him. And it's not like he dazzled me in the ring. He was an okay wrestler and a character wrestler, part of part, always part of a tandem or a faction. 
that's probably not a coincidence. So I was surprised only because of what happened the, the two nights earlier. Um, Ezra Judge, I was surprised just because he was a bodybuilder and he was young and he had been on TV in Nigerian Royal Guard, you know, a couple of times until they decided to mm -hmm. use Baba Tunde, which I mean, of course, they could use a 6'9 guy. But I mean, he seems to have all of the qualities that they would like to build around. So that surprised me a bit. But I have, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you if, if I ever heard of him before. I mean, I recognized him once I saw him, but I've never seen him wrestle. So maybe he's just too robotic. Same with Kavita Devi. Never heard her name before that. A female bodybuilder from India. Probably they were going to maybe use her with the NXT India thing. And maybe it just wasn't working out. Mm -hmm. Now to yours, Skylar's story, 100% a surprise. And 100% what I think was a bad idea. Again, caveat, one of my favorite words. I don't know what she was like in the back. I don't know if she was a terrible worker, but she was on the... Oh, no. Because I, I've worked with her at ACW, WWN. Uh, I've seen her at an Evolve show once. Uh, it seems like she was always like pushing as hard as she could to be the best on, a, on the roster there and really make a big impact going into those shows. Yeah. And that's what surprised me is because... She's multi-talented, and there's a lot of different things she can do, no matter if she's heel or face. And she was brand new. I mean, she was just in the most recent PC class, so it seemed very quick to give up on her. And, you know, the elephant in the room is she's a spectacularly good-looking woman. So, I mean, even if she couldn't wrestle, you telling me that you couldn't try her in commentary, you couldn't try her as an interview person, you couldn't have her be, you know, when Lana leaves in three years, or if the thing with Eva Marie doesn't work another time, mm -hmm. then in two or three Absolutely. years, you could push her up and put her in a similar gimmick or make her like an Alexandra York, Miss Hancock type, or what Dana Brooke was trying to do with, with Titus Worldwide. You couldn't make her the, the sexy librarian, give her glasses and a business suit and, you know, and be a manager or, or a valet or something. I mean, you're telling me you couldn't do something with someone who looks like that. I, I think you're probably wrong unless her voice just sounded like a mouse. No, I agree with you because there were, there were parts uh, in NXT where she, she, they would put her with Brie Zango on a stage yeah. or they would put her with Damian Priest after he won a North American title in the hot tub. So it, 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 it could have worked out. It could have, they could have done something with her in the long run. Yeah, we agree. That that one had my head scratching. Still does. Even even more so now that you said that you, you vouch for. I mean, I know that she was on Impact. I know she wrestled on the Indies, so I know that she's not as green as a lot of the people that they signed. So, you know, I was already scratching my head, but you here telling me that you've seen her and she could work, and and that she seemed like a, a interactive, nice, genuine person, or at least presented herself that way, public facing. That's enough for me. That's enough as a fan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh. Okay, and so what's your next question, Um, I, I have curiosity, and if you look at how talent is portrayed in sports, people don't argue it as an opinion. Everyone agrees LeBron James is very, very talented. People all agree Tom Brady is very talented, but the opinion part comes in where you rank them all time. But for some reason in wrestling, people think of if a wrestler has talent, that's an opinion. People like to say that they their opinion is that Kenny Omega has no talent. Why do you think that's such a big difference when, like you said, they are extremely athletic. They are extremely good. So why do people have this big difference between 
the guys who are out there doing other stuff that is extremely athletic compared to wrestling. Well, I, I mean, I almost have a counter question is people also think just because they're talented, they should succeed or they should get big spots or get a job. I mean, wrestling is the only place where I see other wrestlers arguing for people to get potentially their spot in a promotion. It's like, it's like they haven't been around long enough to know that there's only a few people who get featured and, and make it big. And they're you know going, I want you Fuego del Sol. I'm really pulling for you to get the job in AEW that I haven't yet been signed for. And I'm on AEW Dark. I mean, it's it's great that there's that camaraderie, but it's a, it's also a little bit dumb. Um, your question was posed to me is a, I can't answer. I, I don't know why wrestling fans are that way. I don't know why they find it hard to be, we find it hard to be objective about anything. And then if you are objective about things and it's not the objective view that somebody doesn't like from their subjective point of view, you're a bootlicker. So I can say that the TV ratings matter because that's how AEW makes most of their money. 90% mm -hmm. plus their money comes from TNT. So ratings Absolutely. matter. So don't pirate the goddamn show, pay for cable, you know, and, and, and watch it. It matters. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're just a, you're just a bootlicker. No, I'm not. I'm just someone who's seen 20 promotions. I like disappear, you know, and yeah. often without notice. Um, you know, if I say, I love Bobby Lashley. I always have, unapologetically. But right now, I really love Bobby. You're a WWE bootlicker. He can't carry Kenny Omega's jockstrap with wrestling. I don't care. He looks like a superhero, and he does what he needs to do for me. He's got, he's yeah, got a he's, personality. He's, he has a lot of physique. He's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. There's just a lot of different things he's really good at. And he's skilled, and he puts on great matches. We've yeah. seen him do matches against... Uh, uh, Drew McIntyre against uh, AJ Styles, just to name a few. Yeah, no, I, listen, you, know, you, you guys can say it better than I can. I, the answer is I don't know. I, I, it, there's something about wrestling fans that, well, here's the part that's probably going to hurt and it's going to get me a lot of hate, but I'm used to it. Might get you some hate. Maybe you're used to it. Maybe you're not. Wrestling isn't really a sport. Wrestling fans aren't sports fans. Wrestling is like comic books. It's like Dragon Ball Z. It's like Star Wars. Those fans are also out of their mind. There's just there's just more of some of them than there are wrestling fans. There are sports fans who are also kookies. You know, there, there are people who are Bengals fans who probably are sure the Bengals are the best team in the world. They're, but most Bengals fans know, ugh, my Bengals, maybe in five years or maybe when the team gets old. Um, you know, I'm a Ravens fan. I love Lamar Jackson. That doesn't mean I think he's the greatest passer in the league because he's not the greatest passer in the league. He may have the most potential as a as a all around quarterback, you know, ball carrier. But he's he is definitely not the best quarterback. He might be the most dynamic, but he's not that great a passer. Maybe develop that. But wrestling fans, it's it, it's sort of like you know how there's like a ninety ten rule in life that ninety percent of your problems come from ten percent of the people, and ninety percent of your work comes you know production comes from ten ten percent of the people. I think 90% of wrestling fans are completely subjective and incapable of objectivity and 10% are, um, but you hear from the 90%. You don't hear from the 10%. Yeah. My next question for you, Jeff, is what are your thoughts on Aleister Black's return and should WWE focus on making him a heel or a face? To, and I'm going to just say right off the bat, having Aleister Black go up against 
Big E is the right way to go. I think it was a smart move for WWE to have him go out there that way and not not just play the entrance right away, but just have him come out. And it, it, it surprised everybody. It surprised the viewers. It got people going on social media, and they hit it right on the mark. Yeah. WWE has rediscovered ever since Roman how to re-debut somebody or debut somebody. They, if you consider Commander Aziz a debut rather than a re-debut. I mean, reasonable minds can differ on that. Um I thought it was great. I agree with you. He should definitely be a heel. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. I mean, I like everyone else. I, I'm behind Big E. I thought Big E cut an amazing promo that when he was at his the, the field. He was on the sports field at his high school um, when they were in Tampa. That was amazing. That was actually one of the best promos I've ever seen him give, and it might be one of the best promos I've seen in the modern era. Um, that said, Alistair has to win this feud. Um, Absolutely. He does. He's done so much losing, and, and they finally washed the Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, lose eye versus eye. Team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thing was ridiculous. I, it, was, it, it, it drew a lot of fans away, including me, because when, when I saw that promo, I was like, what are they doing? Like, what is this? What are they oh, trying to do? Off the building? I didn't even mind the throwing them off the building because, uh, you know, we, we knew that the, we knew that there was a, a, a bottom you know, a lower par- uh, patio or whatever, or a level, or they told us the next day. I mean, it was like when Impact had the, the kid shot in the in the drive-by. Um, I, you know, I didn't mind. I know people went crazy about that. I'm like, it's TV, it's fake. Um, that's what's supposed to happen in gang warfare. I mean, we don't want there to be gang warfare, but in gang warfare, there are drive-bys. I mean, anybody who lives anywhere near any place that has gang problems, Every night on the evening news, you hear something tragic like that. Anyway, on to Alistair Black. I love the whole repackaging. I love the, the, the tales of my father. I love that they use the same animation as the Zia Lee. I love that the dragon was still there. I still hold out, hold out hope that the whole Zia Lee Tian Sha thing is on hiatus on NXT because they're going to somehow try to make her that group part of Alistair Black's crew. That'd be cool. Uh, that would be a great idea because I, I I've been wondering what they were what they were going to do with uh, Zia Lee, and I think that's a great idea is to have her in a stable with Aleister Black and make it into some kind of a black mass black mass stable. I'm all about it. I mean, and I know animation and a dragon is not much to go on, but we've gone on less in wrestling. <laughs> but she has been off TV for eight weeks, and I guess like. They can only have her murder so many people. Um, so what else do you do if you're not going to build the women's division around to move her up to the, the main roster? I would love to see her against Bianca and Sasha and, and, and Bailey and whatever, you know, as, as a heel. Um, I would love to see her as, as Alistair's, you know, female assassin, you know, side, like, but co-equal. Like, she's Electra, he's Daredevil, um, but evil. Uh, but we understood like snake eyes in the old GI Joe. He, he was, he was with Cobra, but he had a coat of honor, whatever it is. I, I dig it. I dig them both. But, but if it's, even if it's just Alice for solo, solo, I thought it was a great rate re debut. Yes. As a heel. Um, I just hope that they don't ever put him near Ray Mysterio, Seth Rollins again, at least for another 18 months. So that that's like, they don't even pass each other in the hall and pretend they recognize each other. 
Okay, so I want to ask you about something that was probably one of the more more hated things for a while, and that's the AEW Women's Division. Now, in my opinion, I think ever since Thunder Rosa has come in, it has slowly started to become one of the better women's divisions in pro wrestling today. I want to know what your opinion is on it from the past year, or even going back to when it first debuted. To where it is now, and where you think it ranks amongst other women's divisions. I think that that your assessment is fair, and I think it's actually objective. When it first started, it was bad, and people were reaching for like, Shanna is great, Chris Statlander is amazing. They're as good as as uh, Becky Lynch. No, they weren't. Uh, Britt Baker wasn't. But ever since the Jericho cruise, when she was either drunk or played drunk. She's been amazing. She she is if it, if someone named Raquel Gonzalez didn't exist, she'd be the most improved wrestler of 2020, and she's the most improved promo period of of 2020. She's she's the most improved wrestling character from 2020. So she's been amazing. I think they made a mistake when they did the women's tournament. How they focused wrestlers. I don't like Joshi wrestling. I feel like it's sort of like just watching cosplay, like Glow, but the Japanese version of Glow, like it looks like it's fake wrestling. Those ladies really, it's, it's a different style and I understand they're sort of yeah. going for the campy. It just didn't work here, but everyone making it like Maki Ito was great and that, I forgot her name, but there was Ren, yeah. The woman who went to the finals, who was supposed to yeah. be a powerhouse, yeah. but it was like one third the size of, of Nyla Rose. I mean, you know, um, that said, I think they heard the criticism. And I think in the last 14 months, they've made a concerted effort. They had some fails. They brought in Diamante yeah. and Ivelisse, but Ivelisse mm-hmm. got knocked herself out of there. Diamante, I guess, is still there. But they found some young people like like Layla Hirsch that are good role players. Uh, Allie has wrestled again. She's not great, but she's a good character. She's okay. She's serviceable. But Thunder Rosa, Chris Statlander is okay. She's not great, but she's good, and she has a, she has a character. But yeah, they said bring in Serena Deep. However, that happened. She is a consummate professional. Jay Cargill might not be the greatest wrestler, but she looks like a champion. She, you could, you could, you could make her uh, uh, Cargillberg. Yeah, you could put her against Hikaru uh, Shida, and it would look good. Yep. I, I think that Serena Deep is probably the most important piece that they have hired for the women's division. If I remember correctly, she was a trainer with WWE. She was, and then she and then she got released. So now, yeah, they're taking in young talent from the from the indie scene to bring them up. And now, if you look at what WWE does, they take that talent, they teach them more, then they really bring them out onto TV. Now they have someone who can teach them mm-hmm. and guide them. And you look at what they have been doing since Thunder Rosa, since Serena Deeb. I think that even Big Swole when she was on for a while. She has improved a lot. She's not one of the top women there, but I think she has improved a lot. You look at some other women they have there, they have improved a lot. And yeah, oh my I, I, I think she's done a phenomenal job. And, and a day I, before injury. Oh yeah. I and thought she could have been the new leader of the Dark Order. I mean she was probably the only I, one I who do without getting heat. And you look at the fact they have someone who can really teach. That I think is such a huge asset to have. And I think that I, I don't know what they're going to do with her in the long term, but I know you brought up the NWA thing. She was injured for a bit. Um, so I don't know what they're going to be doing with her in the long term with the NWA title. 
but I would love to see if, because Power just had Thunder Rosa ta- uh, go to a draw with Cam- uh, Camille. Uh, I would love. I would love on the stipulation. <laughs> I would love if they brought that somehow with Serena Deeb onto an AEW pay per view, because that, that would be great. Be that, would that would be. be that, that that would be interesting. I mean. You know, everyone's focused on one forbidden door. There's there's a whole lot of forbidden doors that don't involve oh, passports. Um, that would be intriguing. I mean, I, I know to like hardcore fans, Sino, Kato, Omega would be heaven, but they've already had their their series. To a U.S. North American audience, for you know, probably eighty percent of us, I think we'd rather see cody or omega against nick aldis carrying the nwa belt because that means more to us not that it necessarily be a better match i just think it's a better story and i think stories are more important than matches but call me old-fashioned you actually asked me where i rank the AEW's women division i -hmm. rank it behind the i think nxt's women's division is is the best both in talent and prominence i would call wwe's main roster second it's a little bit diluted by being divided by Raw and SmackDown, but you cannot deny that of the top 10 female wrestlers in the world, eight of them have to be on WWE main roster. I think AEW right now has a case for being three. In my opinion, they're already three. I know a lot of people think Impact is. I actually find Impact's women's division to be extremely overrated and mostly by people mm-hmm. who want to say impacts is great they've heard that it's great but they don't watch impact i think impacts was much better when they had um taya i think after then then it went really went down yeah i think ty's gonna do a phenomenal job at nxt um alex i think uh yeah so my next question is about new japan pro wrestling what are your thoughts on will osprey having to vacate the iwgp heavyweight championship and what do you think the time frame could be for this injury? Because I saw the x-ray on Sports Kita. It looks really, really bad. The jaw injury, the neck injury looks awful. So to me, I, I'm, I think we're looking at about a year just by what I'm seeing. And it's, it's terrible because Will Ospreay was just recently crowned the IWGP heavyweight champion when he uh, – I forget who he beat when he beat Okoda, yeah, when he beat Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. And it's... It, he was and, also injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just too early to say if if the if he's going to be able to come back. When injuries happen, it's... It, it's, it's, it's terrible. And he... he I was really looking forward to seeing uh, Osprey and Okada go at it in the Tokyo Dome for uh, Wrestle Grand Slam. And they were planning those events before the COVID-19 thing hit and the state of emergency, but now that everything's back, I wonder what they're going to do. They are pitching an idea to have Shingo take the title and run with it, but who knows? Yeah. Let me just preface my answer by, I, I know pretty much everything you just said, except for the last part. I do not follow new Japan wrestling storyline week by week. I know the main things just because I'm around it. I obviously know who Will Ospreay is. I know he's injured. I saw the same x-ray you did. I'm not a doctor any more than, than I don't think either of you are. But yeah, it looks bad. What do I think of it? I think he had to vacate it because I think it is a serious injury and it involves mm-hmm. his neck. And especially with his style, 
Um, I think that's tough. He also bulked up a lot in the last couple of years, mostly the last year during the COVID, you know, and, and you have to wonder how he bulked up so much and how quickly he'll lose it if he can't train, um, which, you know, could be tough. And I'm speculating now, and I think I'm going to stop at that point right there. Uh, I think he had to vacate it. I think it's terrible. I mean, the man injured himself and he was just getting all he wanted. I mean, he was the king of New Japan, got, got what some call the most prestigious wrestling title in the world, but certainly the most prestigious wrestling title in Japan, the country where he wrestles. Absolutely. Uh, and having having a United Empire and Great Okan kind of uh, push him into that has really, really carried him and helped him in so many ways. He's got his own faction. He's got Jeff Cobb and Shingo, who are big two beef eater, you know, sort of slugfest kind of guys who were rivals of each other. His his uh, fiance or girlfriend has a job with them there too. I mean, he, he had it all. I mean, so, I mean, it's terrible when, when somebody gets that high. I mean, I know about what happened a, a year ago with the speaking out allegations and, you know, they, you know, one man's black ball is another man's. They really didn't belong here. I, you know, everyone has their own truth. That That's not what speaking out was to me. Speaking out to me was about sexual abuse and, and sexual predation. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that he's a nice guy or she's a nice woman. I'm just saying that, you know, in every career, not even pancreas in podcasting, there's people, there's, there's cutthroat, there's, there's winners and there's losers. And there's not always anybody necessarily fault. Sometimes it just is. Anyway, it, it's tragic. I hope he recovers. I hope he can make a full recovery, but if I'm him and if I'm any of the Japanese wrestlers, foreign and Japanese who have contracts coming up and, you know, forget what, whether you think Japan handled COVID better than the West or not. This is how they handle pandemics. They take these things much more seriously. If you were not able to work, if you were not pulling a paycheck all that time, are you not worried that if this happens again, that you, you can't ride it, that they don't have enough reserves to keep paying you? I know that they pay people for a while, but I don't know when that stopped. All their shows are being canceled. The Olympics will probably be canceled again. Wouldn't you want to come to WWE or AEW just for that guaranteed downside? Even if you're going to have a Nakamura kind of role, even if you're not going to have creative control, because at the end of the day, it's a job. It, just like just like if you're a fireman or you're a lawyer or a postman or a secretary or you know a professor, you pay your bills with this job. It's not you know not not everyone is a multimillionaire is doing it just for the art. So I, I sort of worry about. Japanese wrestling writ large that a lot of their coveted talent will want to come over. Now, that's also speculation. And also, mm-hmm. maybe they can just retool. Maybe maybe can they, they can adopt the, the Ring of Honor model and just bring make, make the younger people into bigger stars. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll figure out something. Um, it's not like Japanese fans are going to tune out programming in, in their language with the, with the company and the people they grew up with either. But I don't know. It's just musings uh, that I worry about. But Short answer, it's a tragedy. Uh, short answer, I think they had to vacate it. Uh, as far as what they do with the title from this point on, no, I, I really have no opinion. So that I don't know enough about New Japan booking. Well, to me, I think they're going to, from what I saw earlier, just watching the, the recent show that they did, it looks like they're going to have Shingo or in the mix and have him uh, go up some, against somebody for the title or a number one contendership. 
But we'll we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about NXT. Now, in my opinion, I think they have a formula that's not really something that can have long-term success on television. The formula of build a star, send them to the main roster, and then have to build somebody else. Now, do you think that's part of the reason why their overall ratings have really gone down? And it's not that great, around 700,000? And what do you think they can do to fix it? I think that's part of it. I think that I think that there's a whole lot of reasons why NXT struggles, and and I don't think it's about two hours. I think two hours is is fine mm-hmm. for a wrestling show, especially with that many people. I mean, they, um, I mean, I think they sort of, you know, I think they suffer a little bit from WWE stank. Uh, I think they also suffer a little bit from WWE idea of focusing around the same people every week and sort of doing like the the same dance with four or five people. One thing that AEW does differently than WWE is feuds. When AEW has feuds between major stars, it plays out in vignettes, it plays out in promos and run-ins and beatdowns. But in mm-hmm. the ring, they're facing different opponents. So the Bucks aren't going to be facing Moxley and Kingston every week. They may have some encounter or some exchange with them, but they're going to they're going to face the acclaimed. They're going to face the Varsity Blondes. They're going to face the you know, Jurassic Express, they're going to face Hop Flight, whatever. So you don't get bored seeing the same people all the time. WWE, you're always going to see the same people. So if it's Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, you you are having issues with Bronson Reed and Dexter Loomis, you're always going to see some combination of that for as long as they can play it out. It's worse on the main roster because they can do it six ways from Sunday, mixed tags, and they don't care about rematch after rematch after rematch. Um, So I think that's part of it. I think the other thing is that NXT is at least 50% women's wrestling. There aren't that many women's wrestling fans. So a lot of the wrestling fans who like WWE that are my age, 45 and up, mm-hmm. 50 and up, that's not what they tune in to see. If they have women, yeah. they want to see Brandy Lauren or, or Scarlett Bordeaux or Sable or nothing. They're, <laughs> they're not interested in, you know, I think Io Shirai is fabulous. I think Raquel yeah. Gonzalez is fabulous. A lot of my contemporaries are just not interested in watching that. Just not at all. No. The other thing is they have a lot of the little wrestlers, which is modern wrestling. But if people want that, they'd watch. I mean, Ring of Honor wouldn't struggle. MLW wouldn't struggle. Mm-hmm. AEW wouldn't struggle. If people want to see MSK and, you know, all, all these 205. I mean, 205 Live would be doing well if people want to see great wrestling matches with people jumping all over the place. People want to see bigger than life people. So Jeff, how come Bronson Reed and Karrion Cross and these other guys don't get great, great ratings? Because you don't tune in for one or two people. Um, you don't tune in for one or two segments for two hours. And that is where two hours gets you. Because one hour you can, you can sit through 70% of things you're not interested in for mm-hmm. 30% of stuff you are interested in wrestling. That, that is part of the, yeah. um, the psychology of being a wrestler. Yeah. You Absolutely. can put a lot of what you don't like for the things you do like. So, so I take back partly the two-hour thing. Um, what is success, though? If USA Network feels that 700000 on a Tuesday night where they're paying $50 million and, instead of, you know, paying royalty, you know, paying for, you know, a show like Silk Stockings or Pacific Blue or Suits or Monk or whatever it costs to do original programming with, with you know, real TV and movie stars, Maybe it's pennies, maybe, and, you know, and, and to get basically the same rating. I, 
in, in one of my, our episodes of Hammerlock Hangover, Cheap Plug, I interviewed <laughs> three broadcast media buyers. So, you know, everyone thinks you call advertising agencies. No, they make ads. Um, it's the broadcast media buyers who buy the ad. So I asked them, I said, you know, are the demographics as important as we think they are? They're like, no, not, not with, not with regards to advertising for sponsors in show sponsors. It could be so Skittles and Snickers and cricket and that's a cracker barrel for AW for that. The demos might be important because they're, because they're looking to sponsor a product, but most advertisers buy in block. They don't even know what shows they're on. The only time they know what shows they're on is when something controversial happens and they get complaints and they say, get me off that show because it glorified this. And then the people go, okay, and they just move them off that show. Then they put them on, on the rerun of SVU and, instead of, you know, NXT, or they put them on Claws or at Kingdom instead of Dynamite. And, and that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I asked him, does the difference between one or 200,000 make a difference in the ad buy rate? They said, no. So what about three or 400,000? Yes. You know, they said, once you get past a quarter of a million difference, it makes a difference. So if NXT was doing 700 and every night AEW was doing 950 against it, AEW would make more money than NXT. But really, TNT would make more money than USA. That still might be good enough for USA based on what their costs are for alternative programming. But if they were just going to put on a rerun of SVU or NCIS, which they're already paying licensing for, and Comcast already owns the rights for, and it's nominal, and they gave 433000 Maybe it isn't worth it to them, but maybe the difference between 433 and 700 is enough. So we don't know the information to what's a win. I presume it's a win because WWE just got more money from USA for very much yeah. the same numbers. AEW just got reportedly more money uh, for a second show for less numbers than what they were doing, you know, or the high end of unopposed. Now, I have a theory on this. My theory is that they didn't get any more money. All they got is the money that they that they signed for March of 2020 when they were going to do a second show. And now that the second show is culminating, they're actually going to start getting that money. Um, I could be wrong. It's 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 based on nothing. Well, it does. And every and, and show business is cutthroat. People don't get paid for nothing. I mean, no. If you, if you don't want Robert Downey Jr. to do another superhero franchise, and he says, pay me $10 million, I won't do another superhero franchise, maybe you do that. But absent something like that, you don't pay five, you know, eight figures for no. less than 1 million viewers. Uh, that, that's just been my experience. But anyway, did I answer your question? Yeah, you did. Okay. Um, um, yeah. So I actually, you, you said something when you were going on that made my night. Because I have been trying to talk to people who have, you know, those people who have been watching only WWE for the last 20 years because there hasn't been anything else. That AEW does build rivalries. They do build stories. They do it in a different way. They have a different they do formula. do it in a different manner, yes. Exactly. And that's how come when you have a, people are watching the WWE formula for the last 20 years, which hasn't changed, and then they watch a different formula. It looks like they're not doing anything, but they are. But it's just not, they're not taking 20, 30 minute segment and slamming it in your face every week with the same people. And it's hard to get that point across. And you said that, and that has just made my night because I know I'm not the only person who has realized this for the last couple of years that that's what they've been doing. No, and it took and, me a while to realize it. I mean, I always, 
subconsciously realize it, but I, I had to actually analyze it and, and put it in words. But yeah, I mean, and, and I think AEW's way is the better way on that. Oh, I 100% agree. agree. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's why no matter how goofy and crash TV AEW can be and how many stories they drop, because let's face it, WWE drops as at least as many stories as AEW does. Um, we're just paying more attention to AEW because they're the new thing and they're supposed to be, you know, mistake free, except they're new, so we should forgive every mistake. So it's both sides of that. But they do some things better than WWE, and that's one of them. It seems to be very obvious. And mm-hmm. if WWE has all those people, they could let go of 50 wrestlers in the last two years, and they still have probably 50 unused wrestlers in the PC. Why, why not use them for that and, and not do ring around the rose yeah. deal all the time? Yeah. It's like living in a small town and going to the same square dance every week with the same people. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good analogy. I can with the agree. mom and, and, yeah. and her two sisters every week. You know, there's only so many combinations for that to be even remotely interesting. That's why you look and every week the young bucks are drawing. They're drawing a million it could be like they're breaking it down some weeks and they would get they would get the big spike and then it would go back down. And it's because every week that they do have a match, they're facing somebody else. Yeah. They'll still build the story, but they're still gonna have a great match with a different group. And it's mm-hmm. you know, not seeing the same thing every week. Exactly. No. And say what you want about the Young Bucks, but they're going to be creative. You're, yeah. you're go- yes, it's like watching a video game. It, maybe it's not you know hard-hitting old-school wrestling, which I disagree with. I mean, I think the, the double, the, the BTE trigger is pretty hard-hitting. And yes, they killed the super kick, but eh, I mean, that, 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 you know, that, that horse has left the, the stable. Um, but you're always gonna you're always gonna see something creative. They are, you may not like their wrestling, but they are the most creative choreographers in wrestling. Yeah, I would agree. So my last question is, what are your thoughts on Sting wrestling in front of a live audience at AW Double or Nothing? And do you think he'll be able to take bumps and punishment? Because we've seen him take bumps from Brian Cage off a of power bomb. We've seen him take bumps from uh Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. So I think there there's going to be a mixture of how 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 they allow him to do things in the ring because Sting's at an age where he can take bumps but not as many. Is he? <laughs> he's he's ten years old. He's nine years older than me uh, and change. Um, it's sometimes hard for me to get to get out the bed. Now I am not in nearly the shape that Sting is in. I was never in nearly the shape that Sting was in. in at my best, I was probably, you know, in, in my 20s, in my best shape, it was probably Sting's shape at like 48, you know, or some, something Still like that. Still pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, I'm a pretty, I'm, I'm a fairly bulky guy, but most of it is migrated south. I don't know how that happened. Um, Gravity. Yeah, it's something like that. Shut up. Um, we were getting along so well. Um, I hope so. I mean, let me say, um, I mean, they sort of had to put him in real matches. They're paying him a lot. They booked themselves into a corner. They keep bringing him out every week. What do they do? I mean, on one hand, you know, you're going to see Darby doing 90% of the, the work. Sting gets the hot tag, does a couple moves, yeah. does the finish, feel good moment. But then you know what's happening. You know that he can't really wrestle. And you, no. I mean, how many times 
You can do that once, you know, with a meeting. You do that once, but once you keep doing it, then it just it just gets tiring, and then you're just like, yeah. what else can they do? Like, what? what how Pretty limited? What yeah. How else, can, how else can they put Sting on the map for AEW? That cinematic match was great, and and why are they doing this to poor Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page? Okay, so first of all, Scorpio Sky, you bring him in in, in a three man tag team, but you make him one of the inaugural tag team champs. You get him out of SCU because he's going to get a singles push on dark. Then on elevation. Then you put him out as a single star, and he's he's going to say, it's all about me, it's all about me, and then three weeks later we pan out, and he's next to Ethan Page. Two weeks earlier, East, Ethan Page debuts the same night as Christian yeah. Cage, so nobody even knew it was Ethan Cage except for people looking for Ethan Page. I'm happy for Ethan Page. He's a nice guy. He's getting a payday. Mm -hmm. I told mm -hmm. him, I said, don't listen to anyone else. Just take whoever's offering you the most money for the most years and the most security. And he gave me a, a you know, heart for that or whatever. In any event, you know, and he's all ego Ethan Page. So the first thing he is, he just left one of the best tag teams, you know, reportedly the North to form another tag team. I mean, this, this whole thing doesn't make sense to me, but they're both younger guys Scorpio Sky, I think, is 34, 33. I'm not sure about Ethan Page, but he's probably around the same. Um, and they have to lose. They have to lose to Darby and Sting. So how is, I mean, are they going to beat the hell out of them and then Darby's going to sneak out a win? No, Sting has to get the, the hot tag. And I mean, mm -hmm. how do they look good? How do they look strong, you know, losing to a 150-pound guy and a 62-year-old man? I just, I don't understand why that does them any favors. If I were AEW, I would have taken a team that they thought was going to be something that clearly isn't. Mm -hmm. And I know that, that one of them had surgery recently, but like a team like the butcher and the blade who are never going to be anything except, you know, the moon dogs, they're going to be mid card, low card, you know, have that them in that role, not people that you hope to build around at some, some point. I agree. Cause I'm not even sure, you know, I'm not even sure what other heel teams there are. I mean, TH2 maybe uh, I'm not sure but not well, I totally do agree with the uh, Scorpio Sky thing you mentioned because they just they, I think what happened was they lost they lost ideas they ran out of options for Scorpio Sky like one week they had him climb the ladder and get the brass ring which I think was just a waste of time and yeah. they just really need to find a better a better direction for Scorpio Sky. And I think putting him with Ethan Page might do some good, but I don't know. How I mean, they've got they've got Santana Ortiz, they've got FTR, they've got the Young Bucks. They sort of have the good brothers. Not that I like the good brothers, but they're gonna be in the mix because of their friends. They have, you know, there's always gonna be a makeshift team like Page and Omega or Moxley and Kingston. You've got the, the Lucha brothers who really should be a team uh, that are featured. You got Jurassic Express who are allegedly your, your young stars. You got the varsity. I mean, they have, they have they so have, many tag teams. Like, why not just fun. use one of them and elevate one of them? Well, I, I agree. I mean, I think part of the problem with AEW is that, and listen, in the COVID era, you don't want to criticize anyone for hiring a lot of people. But I mean, they went from a new roster to a bloated roster in yeah, they did. Link of an Eye. Yeah, they really did. I mean, I just hope that they have a Rampage title, that they make the TNT title for Rampage, and then maybe they do a TBS title instead of doing like a WB title that's for both of them so that you can feature them. 
Or if you're not going to do that, fine, I get it. Keep keep your major league, your major league. But have a have a YouTube title that's for a dark and elevation for all of the belts, like the Absolutely. Yep. tag team, women's, women tag team, a mid card, and the and, and every now and then they get to if they hold that title for more than 90 days or 120 days, they get a shot at the equivalent title on the main roster. And so the story is always like you have people who hold it for 119 days, but it's a pay-per-view on day 119. Will they win? Will they lose? You know, you can have so many stories just, just around that timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sort of how NWA did with the TV title, the 10 successful defenses, you got a world title shot. So, you know, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't every time. Some people lost right away, but, you know, at least once a year, somebody won nine defenses. Then the big question, that made that 10th defense important. And sometimes they won. And then, that you know, and then, you know, then you have the Ronnie Garvin moment or whatever. So, I don't know. They have a lot of shows. They can do a lot of things with it. Title belts cost, good title belts cost about $240, which is probably less than they paid for JR to marry their company monthly. The general historical formula for a faction or a stable is to push one guy in there. Uh, build it up around one guy like the Four Horsemen they made, Ric Flair. They pushed him, made him a huge megastar. And my question to you, now... Everyone thinks that the, the factory is pushing QT Marshall. I have been looking at this completely different. They're pushing Anthony Ogogo. Mm -hmm. They're right. making QT, uh, right. they're pushing QT at the beginning to make him look like a great trainer so that then Anthony Ogogo can become the star. Now, what do you think about how this, it's a little bit of a different faction formula that they're doing with that. What do you think about it? I actually like the factory. And I didn't give a darn about QT Marshall. I was like everyone else. Why he's why is he on my yeah. TV every week? Oh, because he's in business with Cody and he's Dustin's best friend and blah, 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 blah. But this I like. Um, is he the greatest wrestler? No. no. Is he doing it on purpose sometimes now to exaggerate that he's not the greatest wrestler? Maybe, I don't know. Um, I don't know anything about Aaron Solo. I call him Rabbi Shlomo. Um, I, I'm all about Nick Camarado. It looks like Billy Jack Haynes and Haku had a kid. So that is exactly what I want to see in a wrestler. I love when he knows, knows sold the chair shot. I knew they were bringing out a wooden chair for some reason. But yeah, you are right. They are building around a go-go, and he's got to win this match. I don't know why it's not a flag match. Um, it should be a flag match. If they're going to push the foreign thing, then at least go all the way with it. Now, AEW's done some dumb stipulations in the past where the person demanding the stipulation demands the stipulation that, that the other side should have, like Cody and Brody, like Cody wanted, like Brody wanted the strap match. No, Co Cody should have wanted the strap match. Brody's the heel and and he's, and Cody's not running. He's chasing. What does he need the strap for? I mean, it didn't make any sense. So no. my joke has been that Cody's going to demand a tape fifths match because he's finding a boxer. Um, <laughs> but, but, but yes, you are correct. They're building around a go-go. And I like it. I, the I segment like it. With, with Gunn wasn't great, but I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all for it. I like this faction. Though, your first point, with the Horsemen, yes, Flair was the original Cornerstone star, and he was always the feature. They, they were yeah. protecting yeah. his world mm -hmm. title. But Arn Anderson almost always had a, a tag team title or was in that picture, oh, yeah. or had the TV championship or was in that picture. Oh, yeah. And they're associated, they saw with Lex Luger, sometimes they had a fifth person, you know, always in some picture, everybody was always in some picture. And 
Undisputed Era, yes, they're small, they're miniatures, I know, but they did that faction NXT correctly. They were all going for titles. They had the prophecy. Yeah. They built towards it. They achieved it. So mm -hmm. I think the best factions work when everybody's going for something that, you know, I think the Hurt Business lost their way early, but I think they were at the best when Lashley had the title and Shelton and Cedric had the titles. And I, I really thought that, that they should have added another person to go for um, the IC title. I'm sorry, uh, the, the US title mm -hmm. uh, while it was on that brand. Something I was always hoping they would be Keith Lee. We apparently he's having issues, so he's he's not around. Um, but it didn't need to be an all person of color faction. I mean, they they could have, you know. I mean, they were person. Well, this is going to defeat my no person, not all person of color. But Garza had swag. Priest had swag. Yeah. Though I think he's a good face. But there are people with swag. They could have had Orton. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Orton's got all sorts of attitudes. So you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they they could have found something and had everyone go for a title i i like big fat i like four or five person factions that are all going for something usually with success and i like them to be long-term factions not like like that's why i was dreading roman and jay teasing dissension like from day one and now jimmy's teasing dissension and i really don't want to see jimmy versus roman not so much because the only partly business the, the, the dissension thing but i hate to say it I know Jimmy and Jay are separate people, but they are identical twins. So with WWE replaying things to death and the Roman Jay thing doing, going too long, this really is a rerun and it's going to go too long also. So I can see that. apologies to Jimmy. I know that you have different DNA, you have a different wife and all that, but visually we're seeing the same thing. Same moveset, same voice, same face. Um, but your question was not, a, what do I like? Yes, I like the factory build. I think it's been, I think that's the one place where the inner circle dropped the ball. No one else got any shine. No one's been elevated by the inner circle except from Jericho. And maybe that's the reason why they're trying to give it. Sammy Guevara. Has he though? I think, I think he's become a very good uh, TNT title level guy, which, you know, I, I've been wanting Darby versus uh, Sammy on a pay-per-view for a while. I think Sammy's done a tremendous job. They turned him face with uh, the rest of the inner circle through that um, MJF storyline. I think he got even better with that. I, I I think they could have definitely done a better job with Santana and Ortiz. For sure. A hundred percent. But I, I think they've done a good job with um, Sammy Guevara. Jericho, I believe, took him under his wing. And maybe that's why... Uh, he was the only one to really stood out to me. <laughs> it could be, but you know, he also got himself in a little trouble with impact. You know, he didn't yeah. want to do whatever he they did. wanted to do. Um, you know, he Hardy almost killed Matt him. Hardy twice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's been elevated. I think he's in pretty much the same spot he's been in since week two with the inner circle. Right? So I think he's just been hovering. Now, whenever you're next to Jericho on a primetime TV show, you're in, you're in a pretty good spot. So oh, yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I think Sean Spears has been elevated more by being in the pinnacle than Sammy has in the inner circle. Because Sean Spears, before the pinnacle, was like, when he quit, everyone was like, who cares? <laughs> now he's interested. He beats up a waiter in Morton's, and, and now it's like, huh, he's got a little action. He's a little fire. Where, where's that been the last 14 years? That's part of the and drink. Yeah, well, <laughs> he doesn't storyline. He doesn't storyline. Yeah, Apparently, he's very ravenous. 
Jeff, we appreciate it's so you. funny. I was saying they're at Morton's of Chicago, and I was like, they're in Jacksonville. I'm like, the restaurant is called Morton's of Chicago in every city they're in. Even in <laughs> Chicago, they're at Morton's of Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you com- coming on and taking the time to join us here on Very Off the Mat. But before we let you go, I want to ask you, where can fans follow you and find Hammerlock Hangover? Uh, where can everybody contact you and follow all your pages? Okay, thank you for that. And thank you guys so much. I, I didn't no know problem. I was going to be given this time to talk so much. Uh, I thought I was going to be supplemental. I feel like I stole your limelight, but you gave it Not to me. Very generous. So Not thank you. Well. And Alex, we're looking forward to having you on Friday. Uh, and I, I hit gold accidentally again, which is for my specialty. Okay. Hammerlock Hangover, wherever you can find podcasts, the easiest way to do it is go is find the Hammerlock Hangover. You'll see it twice. Once it's just Hammerlock Hangover, that's fine. That's us too. But if you find Hammerlock Hangover hyphen the Wrestling Soup Network, that, that's where we would love for people to go. That don't, You won't also get all the Wrestling Soup shows, but of course we commend them to you. We love Wrestling Soup. We're so appreciative of being added to their network. We haven't even been around for a year and you know they're one of the biggest oldest wrestling shows there is it's such a compliment you will also get my other show garden of doom if you don't want both shows you can find them individually as well um wednesday night skirmish which i'm not sure if i'm on or not but that that's also available podbeam spotify um unpopular unpopular review you can just subscribe on youtube or facebook they prefer youtube you guys probably understand that better than me but just follow, subscribe, like, if you like it, cool. If you don't, just subscribe and, you know, like uh, Matt Berry used to say, a fantasy football focus. Subscribe, download. I don't care if you listen. You know, just subscribe <laughs> and download. Um, but I think if you listen to the shows, you'll like it. The one thing that we do on Hammerlock Hangover, as much as we can, I mean, we talk about mm-hmm. wrestling. We try to have fun. We try to be intelligent. If you think I was reasonably insightful today, you'll get more of that in my partner is, is funny, but we do explore the business of wrestling and the legal stuff. We're very interested in that. We've had Stephen P. New on after he filed the suit against Ring of Honor for Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury. We had an employment lawyer in the same federal district on a week prior to sort of review the suit and, and his thoughts on some of the defenses and arbitration and things like that. Uh, we have we had a local promoter who had just celebrated their five-year anniversary, sort of take us from A to Z is how she decided to go from fan to promoter in a male-dominated business and survive five years uh, and 25% of that during the pandemic. Um, I came across Alex because he was proudly talking about he got his first ring announcing gig. And I'm like, oh, this is a guy just breaking into the business. Nope. He's, he's on this network with 23 other podcasts. You guys app. I mean, you, you, I mean, you guys are like uh, giants and I'm like a grasshopper before you, but you know, but that's what drove me to Alex. I wanted to hear what you do to get that job. They have you on contract. How much do they pay you for that? Do you have to pay? Do you have to set up the ring? I mean, preview of some of the questions you're probably going to get. Um, <laughs> so Things like that. We cover things like the Joey Ryan suit, the Matt Riddle suit. Oh, we get <laughs> we get into trademarks. We got into the Dustin, the Dusty Rhodes trademark, and some of the misconceptions about trademark law and the difference between filing for a trademark and getting a trademark. Um, and, and items like you know items like that. So if you're interested at all in the business of wrestling, 
we try to interview people. We, we talked to Definitely. the photographer involved in the Young Bucks kerfuffle of a few years ago that came back up to light because of the Chelsea Green kerfuffle with the wrestling artist. Um, so we do some of that. Full disclosure, I am a lawyer in real life. Part of what mm-hmm. I do is IP work, uh, but but I've been a retail lawyer and you know everything you can think of. But you know we try to bring that perspective and some of that. I try to demystify legal terms and legalese to the extent possible and translate it so that the audience understands some of what's going on and, and what's in motion to dismiss and you know and, and stuff like that. So that's a that's a few thumbnails. But again. Uh, Twitter, Icarus Fell MD, uh, Hammerlock Hangover is at Hammerlock HO. Um, Garden of Doom has no Twitter, but I have a Facebook page for Garden of Doom. Um, and Unpopular Review, at Unpopular Review, you know, uh, you know uh, on all the locations. So thank you for allowing me to plug all of those things. I really appreciate it. Oh, You're no welcome. problem. I also want to say thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Great interview. Like I said, pleasure talking to you. You're uh probably one of my favorite interviews that we've done on this uh, show. And I would love for you to come back sometime and Absolutely. talk again. We would love to have you on any, yep. any time, any time. I'm serious. I'd yeah. be honored. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming on Hammerlock hangover on Friday and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for your time. Excellent. Stay evil, my friend, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Jeff Lippman of hammerlock hangover. Uh, what did you think about the interview, Lyle? What were your thoughts? Uh, what key points did, did he hit for you? Like I said, <laughs> in there, it was I was very excited because um, you know you talk to a lot of people on social media and you look at the numbers. Majority of people watch the WWE, and they're used to that formula. And mm-hmm. it's not o- not only with storytelling, a lot of other things that he was talking about. And he, him, and I saw. Uh, so eye to eye on so many different topics. There are so many things I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, he sees this the same way as me. And it's so hard to really find that on Facebook groups or on Twitter because there's so much cancer people. And I, I mean, like people who are cancerous and just a toxic groups out there. Mm-hmm. And then you introduce someone who's so knowledgeable. And it was so great seeing someone who, thinks like me and he's su- such a great person you could tell talking to him he seemed like such a nice guy was, uh, he's he's an awesome guy i'm yeah. glad we got to have him on really enjoyed having him on and uh i can't wait to have him back and uh, hopefully josh can meet him but yeah it was a lot of fun he spoke from the heart a lot about these different topics and he he a lot of the questions that i asked him uh, i i thought he had some uh, great answers unbelievable answers and the one that really that I I I the one question I enjoyed asking him and uh, talking about was MLW because I'm hoping that WWE and MLW really do have a partnership because it would allow talent on the bottom of the NXT roster to have a chance to grow, a chance to shine, a chance to get opportunities, a chance to be on TV more and adapt more. And I also liked his answer about Aleister Black's uh, return to WWE and how WWE is doing with him and that they could put him into a stable. I think that's a great idea. I haven't even thought about it. I totally forgot that Lee existed because she's been off TV for so long. Yeah. And you 
I didn't even think about that. I, th- what he put together, I didn't even think of it. And he said it until light bulb went off right in my head. That would be a tremendous idea. Uh, I agree. Yeah. A lot, I think it would be a great idea. And uh, and the, Os- the Will Ospreay topic, I agree with him. I think it's going to be a year or longer depending Probably. on how, how it all turns out. I think they're giving the belt to Tana, by the way. Um, New Japan has been such a troublesome year since the pandemic. Yeah. It's not their fault. Um, No, it's not. But I I do agree with you about giving the belt to Tanahashi because they've made him like the face of Japan over there. Well, he has been for a while. And they they wanted to move him away from that and take him out and build in new talent. But you, you think about it. They've been in such a hole. They have to do something. And he's unreliable. WWE do with John Cena every single time. He's unreliable, bringing him back into main event scene. And I think that's what they're going to be doing with Tana. Give him the belt. Once COVID kind of goes away for a while, they'll have him drop it. But I think Tanahashi is definitely the Yeah, idea. it's going to be Shingo Takagi and Tanahashi to go at it. That would be great. I would really enjoy that. Um, Tana, I think, is probably the greatest face of all time. He's so good, and he was so over that I, I don't I don't know who I can think of as a true baby face. Tanahashi's up there as one of the best of all time. And, you know, speaking of best of all time, I don't know why, but so many wrestling fans, they completely ignore Kenta Kobayashi and Misawa, who you look at what they did in the 90s when... I'm going to say it right now, and I don't care if people get upset. WWE and WCW were not the best wrestling companies of the 90s. It was AJPW. It was all Japan. Mm-hmm. Look at what those two did in there. Those two guys have an argument of being two of the best of all time. I know a lot of people don't watch it. It was a lot harder to watch it back then because of no... no uh, well, it's even harder to watch, to watch New Japan shows now because it's an everyday... It's an, they have a show every day, weekly. And well, it's hard for people to it was, keep it was up. all Japan, not New Japan. Um, yeah. But because back, back but then, you get what I mean. all, yeah, all Japan was the biggest company, and New Japan was number two. Now it's shifted. New Japan is number one. All Japan is number two. Mm-hmm. And you can even say that Noah is up there, and Dragon Gate, and all these other great companies in Japan. And people, now I'm going to go off on a tangent, but people like to put down Japanese wrestling because it happened in Japan. I've said, said this before. And I think it's a racist rhetoric. Jim Cornette does it all the time. I say it all the time. Jim Cornette is a flat-out racist. He puts down Japanese wrestling because it happened in Japan. It didn't happen in North America. But you look at what's happening, like how popular popular Japanese wrestling is in Japan, and you compare it to United States, Okada is LeBron James of Japan. Japan, for wrestling, is 10 times bigger than it is over here now. So it's more impressive if you get big in Japan than if you get big here. I agree. But, yeah, um like like we said, great interview, great um absolutely having great having Jeff on. I can't wait to have him come on one day. But uh yeah um we have to have him back on when, when when Josh is uh healthy and ready to go. We we definitely have to have him back on. I, I don't know Josh could probably complain about this he probably has a uh, 99.1 fever. Oh, it's over 99. I, I, I'm not feeling well. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I, I don't feel good. Melissa, get me some uh, Tylenol. 
But I, I can't wait to have him back on. It was a real pleasure talking to him. And, it was a great interview. And looking looking forward to having him, having him back on in the, in the near future. But we're going to take a two-minute break. And when we come back, we'll get into AEW Dynamite preview for Friday and a little bit of the AEW Double or Nothing card. And if we have time, we'll get into WWE NXT and then the, uh, our, our final segments. So stick around with us here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Off the Mat. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the worst town I've ever been in. No! Welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Welcome back to Off the Mat here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Yes, so now we're going to get into uh, AEW Double or Nothing. We're going to give you the preview of the card. So far, this card looks pretty strong. We got the 30-man Casino Battle Royal match. We have Hangman Out and Page versus... Brian Cage. We have Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Then we have Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. And then the TNT Championship match, Miro versus Lance Archer. AEW Women's World Championship match, Hikari Shida versus Britt Baker. And then the AEW Tag Team title match, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Young Bucks. Stadium Stampede match, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. AEW World Championship three-way match, that's the main event. Orange Cassidy versus Pac and Kenny Omega. So I'll start off by talking about the three, the, the triple threat match for the AEW World Championship. And I kind of I want Orange Cassidy to win, but I can agree to Josh's statement last week to an extent. Orange Cassidy is there to get the crowd going, to get the crowd interested in the matchup. And then when they don't need Orange Cassidy, they're going to knock him out of the match, and it's going to go come down to Kenny Omega and Pac. But to me, I feel like this is going to be a, a work from Don Callis. I feel like Don Callis is going to come in and cause the match to end in a draw or some some weird stipulation. I don't. That I think that's very much not going to happen for the big title on their one of the biggest pay per views. Also, I completely disagree with what Josh said about Orange Cassidy being in there for, to get the crowd going. Orange Cassidy is in there because he is the biggest draw that that company has when it comes to people who are not the actual AEW fan. He is the biggest draw for the casual fan. I said, this, I said this last week. He has a video on their, the AW YouTube. Him versus Pac had 16 million views. Mm-hmm. If you take the views of every single show from of Dynamite and put it together, I don't even know if that comes to half. No. Uh, actually, probably, it probably comes to half, but I don't think it comes close to 16 million. I, 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 that is why he is there, period. He's there to get buys. Because that's a pay-per-view. That's what mm-hmm. they want. They want you to buy the pay-per-view. They're going to take the guy who gets the best reaction of the crowd 
And the first crowd back, they're putting them in there, not to get the crowd, but because they want people to buy. Mm-hmm. How they much want people to like. spend on the pay-per-view. They want to see people buying the pay-per-view. That's why Sting is actually going to wrestle, not a cinematic match. Because they want people to buy. They want people to buy to see Sting. And I, I'm not going to say if it's going to work. I'm not a fan of it. I don't think that Orange Cassidy should be in the main event. To me, I think Pac versus Omega could get it done. But no. They're putting Orange Cat. Personally, I think there's still a chance it could not even happen. <coughs> I think they did that storyline last, last week where they signed, gave him that paper. In case he can't go, they're going to take him out of it and put him on a Dynamite or uh, one of the TNT specials. But I don't think at all that um, he's there just to get the crowd going and then going to go away. He's going to be in that match from beginning to end. But yeah, he he's is. there. He's there for the buy. Oh, yeah. He is definitely there for the buy. And I, I do want to see him have some advantage in this match. But it's I think it's mostly going to come down to Pac and Kenny. And Kenny might end up winning and retaining the champion championship in some, in some fashion. But we'll have to wait and see on that. The second match I'm really looking forward to is Stadium Stampede. And the inner circle agreed if they lose this match, they have to break up. And the pinnacle, uh, I think this match is happening so that Jericho can have some time off. And I think maybe the inner circle could lose, but I'm not too sure. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a close match. I can see a lot of different things happening in this match based on last year's stadium stampede. It's not going to all be the same like last year, but I feel mm-hmm. like there's going to be more elements added to this match. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a comedy-centric match. Um, I think there'll be some good match. You're going to do something funny um, every now and then, but it'll be mainly brutal. Um, and like I said before, this is going to be, this is happening, in my opinion, because Jericho is hurt. Yeah, because that dislocated elbow, I believe. Oh, uh, yes. I think they had something else planned, and, you know, taking Jericho out of that match on the pay-per-view hurts their bias. And being there in the stadium stampede, it is a gives them better buy than him not being on the card at all. I that agree. is, I think that's why they transitioned from whatever they had planned to this. I think they could have done something five on five tornado, um, which would have been that would have been great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't honestly the match I'm looking forward to the most has to be Miro versus Archer. Now, me and Josh have spoken to Lance Archer before on our old show, Takedown Breakdown, and mm-hmm. he, he's a great guy. And he's, a, he's a nice guy. I've met him before at one of uh, uh, the New Japan shows when they came to Tampa. Really down to earth, nice guy, all around respectful, and he, he loves to interact with the fans, and you can just tell that he's very passionate about that. And I, I we were trying to get him back to come on here, too, and it's Unfortunately, AEW is, uh, <laughs> I don't know if they're hard to approve interviews or what, but I'm going to try and find somebody down there. Hey, I'm, I'm going to be doing a meet and greet with some EVPs. So maybe I can talk to them and try and get them to tell me who I can talk to to get mm-hmm. some talent on, on this show. Don't get your hopes up, fans. I'm going to try my best, but... Hopefully I get face bucks, not heel bucks, because if I get heel bucks, that's going to be a no. 
Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I, I'm looking forward to the TNT championship match with Mira versus Lance Archer. I think something's going to happen during that match where Jake the Snake is going to be pulled out of the, uh, out of the equation, and it's just going to be Lance Archer from there on out. I don't um, think- I'm going to add to that. I think Jake the Snake is going to be pulled out of the equation because they're going to be traveling again soon, and I don't think health-wise he can do it. No, but he can't. I think he's going to get rid of Jake, or Jake might end up costing him the match. Mm-hmm. He's going to get rid of Jake, and then join Darby and Sting. Absolutely. I, I could definitely see it going down like that. And I think what's going to happen is basically how you describe it. Some Jake the Snake is going to do something during that match to, that's going to set Lance Archer off to where he loses concentration. And then Miro is going to take advantage and he's going to win the match. Yeah, I agree. And then the third match I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to is Anthony Agogo versus Cody Rhodes. And Cody is going with the American Dream name from his father, Dusty Rhodes, because this is a, uh, a flag versus flag type of match, country versus country type of match. And I think Rhodes will likely, likely win, but it's going to infuriate fans who don't understand why the effort was put into a go-go if he, if he is only going to be beaten out of pay-per-view, maybe he recovers and comes back stronger. But it could be a setback that ranks one of the biggest controversies of the show if that happens. I don't think Anthony Gogo loses. I don't think Cody Rhodes wins. I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be built very similar to how uh, Darby and Cody was built. I think it'll start off on a draw. Make oh, Protect Gogo. Make him look very good because when was the last time we saw a draw in AEW? I think it was Moxley versus Pac where they had to rush it at the end. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a draw. And I think it's going to be something similar to what they did with Darby, where Darby gets shot the hell up at the end. And uh, this, this storyline is the good old adage of the anti-American storyline, which a lot of people were very against them doing in 2020. Everyone wants to be offended by something. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's going to be a draw. But I think it's going to be a great match. I can't wait for it. That's another one I'm really excited for. Absolutely. And then the last match I want to talk about is Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. I think this match is going to be somewhat good. I don't see it. I don't see it being a five star match because I feel like uh, Christian Cage is going to get involved in the matchup and cost Team Taz some type of match. Cost Team Taz the match, and I think this is where Brian Cage could basically turn face. Yeah. They could have an angle where Brian Cage gets in an argument with with um uh what's the other guy's name? I'm trying to remember. Hook or or um uh I forget his name. No, wow, I'm forgetting his name too. Yeah, I'm forgetting his name. But I'm I'm thinking like there will be some type of uh something that yeah. Will Hobbs or uh, Ricky Starks is somehow well, going. Well, Ricky Starks has had neck, uh, he hurt, he broke his neck. He has a uh, fracture oh, yeah. in his neck. So yeah, he's he's injured. That, that yeah, he, he, he won't be on. For, he's going to be the mouthpiece probably for a bit. Um, but no, no I I don't think um, uh, Christian Cage will get involved in the match. Uh, I no, think no. it's going to be. I think it's going to be another match that's going to help build towards Hangman to uh, Kenny Omega because you know everyone's complaining. Oh well. Hangman's not facing any good talent, blah, blah, blah. He's on 10 
match winning streak, but he didn't face anyone good. He uh, got screwed out of the win against Brian Cage. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to beat him clean. And then, then it's going to happen when Brian Cage starts to turn face on Team Taz because he's mm-hmm. going to lose the match. I wouldn't be shocked Absolutely. if maybe uh, Team Taz came out and then something happened where Brian Cage got distracted. I won't be shocked if that happened, but I think the, I think the right thing to do is be cl- make it clean so that then Hangman can get pushed up from that and Brian Cage can look at, hey, t- Team Taz, you guys aren't doing anything for me. I keep losing and turn face because he was a great face in Impact. And that would be a great route and decision to go. And here's the quick here's a quick pro- uh, uh, preview for AW on Friday. Uh, we have Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. Jay Cargill has an open challenge. Miro versus Dante Martin, TNT title match. Anthony Ogogo and Cody Rhodes, double or nothing weigh in. Inner Circle celebrate their greatest moments. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Darby Allen versus Cesar Bonani. Hikaru Shida, AEW Women's Champion, one year celebration. And Orange Cassidy responds to the offer from Kenny Omega. I'm going to say, Cesar Bonani, he deserves this. Everything he's going through um, with his wife having leukemia, we it is. Uh, we are all praying for her and hope she she can beat this. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think this is a good gesture by AW to have him on TV. I agree. I I think ev- everyone deserves an equal opportunity in, in different wrestling promotions, and I think having Cesar Bonani have a a match against Darby Allen, who's just been on fire as of late. It's, it's, it's a great decision by AW and it's a great decision by Tony Khan. And by the way, Tony Khan donated $10,000 of his own money to the GoFundMe for his wife. He did two separate $5,000 donations. Now people, there's going to be people, I thought, well, he's a millionaire. Why didn't you give him more? Like, come on, don't be those people. That's, but now, real quickly, let's get through uh, NXT from last week. I want to get your thoughts of, on the match between Johnny Gargano and uh, Bronson Reed. What were your thoughts on that cage-steel cage match? Did you like it? Were there things that you kind of didn't like during the matchup that kind of threw you off? Or was it was it a five-star matchup to you? Um, I think it was a good match. It, it, like NXT has this weird thing for me right now. Ever since the pandemic, where I just can't think anything, I, it's hard for me to watch them in that environment because the big thing about NXT always was the crowd. Mm-hmm. Now they're taking that away, and so it's not the same show to me. So mm-hmm. I, I watch it, and it's it's hard to watch, not because it's bad, but because it just sucks so much that that crowd that NXT had, which was great, isn't there, and that takes a, a lot out of the show for me. Um, I I think. They're going to do great once that crowd comes back. I don't know when it will. Hopefully they go on the road. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that – I think it was a good match. It, it wasn't bad. I don't think it was a phenomenal five-star match like UX. But no. I think overall it was good. But I am happy to see that Bronson Reed has come full circle and is the North American champion. Yes. I mean, this guy has worked tremendously hard to get to where he is, and now he's finally – he's finally a champion in, a, in NXT 
And now that this has happened, I'm wondering what they're going to do with him uh, tonight on uh, tonight's NXT, uh, uh, NXT's episode. I'm really interested to watch that and see what the next route is for Bronson Reed. But uh, and then we they do have a pay per view coming up that is WWE NXT in your house. The guy, the uh, Todd's, what's his last name? I forget. But they have the original guy from the In Your House in the 1990s doing the intros and everything. For, yeah, he did it for the last one, too. Yeah. He did I it for the last great. one. Well, I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, what I really well, want to see is Alex, a... If, if you have time, maybe like an hour and a half. Yeah. It actually could be like an hour. I, I, what I want you to do is go to uh, Josh and I's Take Down Breakdown YouTube show and mm-hmm. watch our episode from when we, I think it was In Your House, when we dissected it. It was the favorite, most uh, our mine and Josh's favorite episode we ever did. It was hilarious. Go watch it. I will. It, it was it was very funny, and I can't wait to talk about it on here. Um, I, I, I'm, re- I, I'm really looking forward to that pay per view. I'm just hoping that they pull out all the stops of that pay per view because the last the last pay per view they did. It was it was in the middle range. I want to see this pay per view somehow get a little bit higher than last the last pay per view they did. Uh, what do you mean get what? Like, uh, I just want to see how they do uh talent wise and how they perform. Oh, performance. I yeah. thought you were were getting um. No, for, not ratings. Not ratings. yeah. I was, I was yeah. I was gonna say um. WWE hides all that information for I don't know why because. You know how many subscribers they get? You just tell us what the numbers are, but we'll never know what they're what they get overall for the show. No, we won't. And now let's get into the uh, the uh, push fire job. What do you have, Lyle? Who do you have? Okay, for? first one. Alex, gotta give me a drum roll. I can't do it too loud. Like I'm not. No, gonna... no, that's doing it loud. Come on, man. Hit, hit your desk. <laughs> Adnan Verk. Fire. Why? You already got fired. You already got fired. You're gonna fire him again? Fire employee. You're <laughs> evil, evil man. I'm gonna top you. I'm gonna make him eaten by Nala Rose. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Uh B Priestley. B Priestley, I would push her. Okay. Um, by the way, her and Will Osprey bro- are, are broken up. Mm-hmm. So but I would I, push her. I, I, I know if you knew that. I, they're not. I a couple knew of that. You. I knew that. Okay. But I would push her on Stardom and throw her in. Uh, what's the other promotion that I've heard for for women's wrestling in Japan? Uh, Marvelous, yes, Marvelous and Stardom. Push her. I, I, I think she's actually back in the UK now. Um, I don't know what she's gonna do. I would push her too. I loved her. In, I, I wanted her to get a bigger push in AEW, but she had, had a part-time contract and then the pandemic hit and she couldn't come over. And because she couldn't come over, they, uh, they released her or I don't know if they released her or her contract and they didn't renew it. I think it was the latter, but she, I think she's great in the ring. There's rumors she's actually going to go to NXT UK. I don't know how true that is. I think they broke up and she's just taking time to herself. That's my gut feeling. Possibly. 
We'll, um, we'll wait and see what happens with that. Who do you got? Who else do you have for push fire job? I want you to give me somebody. Uh, I'll give you someone. Um, what's that one guy's name from NXT that I see? Eric Bugenhagen. Just because of that last name, I'm eaten by down the road. You know who I actually think it is? Okay. Um, who's the guy from Sesame Street that like does the, al- the alphabet? Um, who's another person I could think of that you could ever rise? Who? Ever rise the tag team? No, what? You didn't answer my question. Um, you mean the trash can, the monster? No, no, that's that's. I, I think it's a grouch. I don't know. Um, that's Josh. Uh, <laughs> that's a hundred percent Josh. The Grouch, a hundred percent. Speedy, hop in here. I know you watch Sesame Street. Speedy. <laughs> I know he doesn't. He doesn't care. Come on, you sit around watching watching care. Sesame Street in your tidy whities while your dog. He says he'll look it up your butthole <laughs> while you let it do that. And I don't think Alex heard that story. So I'm not going to say it. I'm going to make him go talk to Errol about it. Um, or Speedy. But, oh, he's going to look it up? Okay. I just saw that. Okay, so he's going to come yeah. back to us. I want to say it's a count. I don't know. But that's numbers. But, like, it feels like whoever the hell you just said, they just took all the extra letters in the alphabet. Eric Bugenhagen? Like, did they just, like, <laughs> take, take letters out of a, out of a hat? Scramble them together? Boom! There we go. That's what it well, sounds there's like. A, there's another one I, I I mentioned before. I forget who it was now. Oh, I said uh, Everize, yeah. Would you push fire or job them? Can I do a middle? Fire? Like, no, no. Like a middle. Just, they're there. They're not jobbing. They're not pushing. <laughs> yeah, they're just there. <laughs> they, they, they exist. I'll, I'll, te- I'll, te- I'll teach to them, okay? They're there. They exi- they're in the company. That's what I'll do to them. <laughs> All right. Now we got uh, this week in wrestling history. This one is a TNA impact taping from Monday. You know what we can do in one year? What? This week in wrestling history. And on Vert got fired. <laughs> TNA Impact taping Monday, May 25th, 2009, the Impact Zone, Orlando, Florida. Suicide defeated the Amazing Red in the TNA X Division title for the TNA X Division title. Number two is Doug Williams defeated Cody Diener in a ladder match. Number three, and- Angelina Love, the champion, defeated Sojourner Bolt for the TNA Knockouts Championship. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defeated Eric Young, and then AJ Styles defeated Christopher Daniels. Can we talk about how good TNA was before they brought in Hogan and Bischoff? Before they went to Monday nights, that show was really good. Yeah, it was. This card it sounds phenomenal. Like, look what the X Division used to be. It was so good. And then you had Austin Aries dawning suicide, but nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. that. Look at what their even their single, single stars were. Yeah. And now look at what WWE has. They took all their top single stars. Now they have them. And they've been doing it for years. Companies have been taking their top single stars for years. Look, we were talking about it with Jeff Lippman before. The last couple of years, AEW has been doing it. Impact has done a great job building talent up just for them to go to AEW. 
Lucha Bros. You said LAX. Oh, we have Eddie Kingston, who he was right more NWA built him. Um, then you're gonna talk about uh, Brian Cage. Old guys who were big. Brian Cage was a great face in Impact. They, oh they yeah, went he left by far. Like, like they did so much with him in Impact. Oh yeah, a lot. Like, what is, is Sammy Callahan next now? Are they building him just for him to go to back to NXT? Like it's it's. It's it's, it it's, it's weird what they do, and yeah. I don't know what it is about Impact. I don't know if it's just they have that stench, but guys go there to get built and leave. Mm-hmm. But now it's time for our finishing move, Lyle. Uh, what's your finishing move? What do you have? My finishing move has nothing to do with professional wrestling. It is that tomorrow I might I don't I will either die from excitement or die from pure depression. And anxiety, and I don't know what's going to happen. But tomorrow is Game Six of the first round in the Stanley Cup Final between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Islanders are home at the Coliseum, the best home ice advantage in sports. Is the National Veterans Memorial Coliseum? Totally no bias there. Um, and I can't wait. I've been so excited for this. It's going to be. Tremendous. And uh, my finishing move is uh, I want everyone to be safe driving. Try to. to nice guy, Alex. If, okay. if you're going out, if you're going out late, make sure. You, don't drink and drive. Don't. Not, that, what, that's one. Uh, two is uh, just make sure you, you're, you're safe and that you get home safe and that you're careful and you know where you are. It, it, it's. Last thing we need is more people passing away. You know, it's been a difficult year for everybody, and we all have to. We all have to. What am I trying? Like, we all have to just be, be safe, be smart, all that. But, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Off the Mat. Uh, I um, for uh, again, if you can down, if you. Again, download the WWSRN app in the Apple App Store on Google Play. Uh, make sure to tune in to all the different shows that we have on the network, such as uh, the Sports Lab Mouse and also uh, what's the other show that I always think? What's Hit List? It? Sports Hit List, yes. And then also check out. I just want to add oh, about the app. You know how Geico does the so it's so easy a caveman can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to go the next lowest one, like below caveman, the app is so easy to download. A Josh Silverberg can do it. Absolutely. So if you can't do it and he can't, guys, I feel bad for you. So you want to top Josh and go download the app and make sure you watch all these shows that Alex is talking about. Sports Ab- Loud Mouse is great until Josh starts talking. Then it just goes downhill. It's meh. Stop spreading rumors, Josh. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, stay tuned for next Tuesday. Uh, Josh will be back, and we'll get into more different topics. Uh, enjoy AEW, AEW Double or Nothing. Enjoy AEW Dynamite. Enjoy all the wrestling shows going on this week, and we will see you in, on the next show, and as Kenny Omega w- would say, take it away, Kenny. I must beat you at you, so say with me now if you know it. Goodbye!
blah, and good night. Thank you for listening to Off The Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.